0: you're listening to life in the a-zone podcast i'm peggy sweeney mcdonald and these are my stories of moving back to my hometown in louisiana after 36 years to live with my father and mother when she was diagnosed with alzheimer's these lessons of love laughter life and loss are gifts of living in the a-zone and i'm honored to share them with you if this is your first time here Begin the journey with episode one and go forward. Thank you for joining me today. Peggy, come see, Mom yelled up the stairs. We have a bird's nest. Amazing, I exclaimed as we stood together, looking through the window at the bird's nest being built by a cute little yellow bird. I love it. "'This is so wonderful,' my mother told Erin when she opened her Mother's Day present last May, pulling out the odd wooden rustic birdhouse that had a clear plastic back to it. "'It attaches to the window with the suction cups. You can watch the birds make their nests, see them lay eggs, hatch the eggs, and then fly away,' Erin explained. "'How cool,' I said.' as Dad took the birdhouse outside and set it on our window in the hallway between the kitchen and the living room. It was perfect. We peeked several times a day through the peekaboo window of our birdhouse and saw the mama bird sitting on its nest. Sometimes it sensed us and flew away, even though there's a reflector panel that sticks to our inside window to keep the bird from seeing us. Aw, I think we scared her, Mom said, as the little bird flew away. She'll be back soon, Mom, I assured her. I think it's a goldfinch, Dad said to us. I looked up the spiritual meaning of the goldfinch on the Internet and found it means positivity, optimism, the value of happiness, joy, and simplicity in your life. How timely! These were more guideposts I needed for my life. Find the joy and happiness in each day. Keep it simple. Celebrate life. Our little bird was sharing her lessons of life with us. We were so blessed. A few weeks later, we spotted the newly hatched eggs, and it was pure magic. They were small, pretty, and looked like miniature marbleized Easter eggs. We were fascinated that some were different colors. Our pretty mama bird sat patiently warming her eggs, ready to hatch. Peggy, they're here! Mom happily shrieked one morning. I ran down the stairs and met her at the peekaboo window. Look how adorable they are, I said as we stood mesmerized, watching the five baby birds open and close their mouths, waiting for their mama to feed them, to bring them nourishment. She soon appeared with the worms to feed her babies. It was a first-hand look at life inside a birdhouse, and the joy it brought my mother was priceless. She watched life happen as hers slipped slowly away. Come see our baby birds, I texted my sisters and sent them pictures. Aaron came over with my niece Peyton. They were amazed and excited as we were. They are precious, Aaron exclaimed, so precious. Mom said with a huge smile on her face. Simply precious, I chimed in. Jimmy laughed, watching us. There it is again, the P word. Your mama and your sisters are always saying they are so precious. The difference between y'all and my New York sisters, they would say they are just too effing cute. Jimmy! Mom scolded him, laughing. A week later, I was sitting with Mom eating breakfast, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the mama bird flying around the birdhouse. I turned to see one of the baby birds fly out and drop to the ground briefly before taking off, flapping its wings and going airborne within seconds. Look, Mom, they're flying! We watched in awe until all the baby birds had flown away. The mama bird flew away after the last one, It was a magical nature moment, and we could have missed it by seconds. "'We saw the baby birds fly away,' Mom announced over and over that day. Her eyes were animated and filled with joy. The little yellow bird brought us much-needed optimism for a few weeks. The birdhouse, now void of life, was emptied out in the backyard by my dad and placed back in the window. A few months later, the process began again— But this time, one of the baby birds died. We watched his lifeless body in the nest, lying with the other birds. The mama bird must have removed it because a dead bird disappeared one morning. Days later, they were all gone. Did they all die or did they fly away? We will never know. It's so sad, Mom said with tears in her eyes. I know, Mom, I said, hugging her. Jimmy, can you take it down and clean it out with soap and water? If there is some type of disease in it, I don't want another bird to be nesting there, I told him. He took it down, cleaned it, and set it on the side of the carport to dry, and we forgot all about it. Our little birdhouse never went up again. I think about our sweet birdhouse as the days get harder and harder. It seems like we forgot the small stuff that brought Mom so much joy and pleasure. The Scrabble games, the coloring books, and the puzzles we did the first year we moved back to Louisiana, the walks to the lake to watch the ducks, and our much-beloved birdhouse. Our life gets smaller and smaller, drearier and drearier, sadder and sadder. Our grief permeates the house like a fog, making it hard to breathe. The hope of life is emptied out, like the bird's nest. A metaphor for what's to come. Dad and I met with the memory care director today. They have a one-bedroom available with its own bathroom. The move-in date will be the last Sunday in January, Shannon tells me over the phone mid-January. Okay, I say, barely breathing. It's only two weeks away. Can you be in charge of packing her clothes, she asks me. Sure, I say, choking back tears. Rob and I are going to look at the furniture we have in storage. She will need a double bed, dresser, nightstand, and chairs. Kelly's going to order her new bedding and towels. Erin's going to look to see what she has. We all need to gather framed pictures, picture books, and artwork to make it homey and pretty. It seems so final. And as much as I know we are doing the right thing, it just seems wrong. The week before, I came home to find Dad sitting in his chair and Mom locked in her bedroom. How was your day, Dad? I asked him. The worst day ever, he said sadly. What happened, Dad? She wanted to leave. She told me this isn't our house and I'm lying to her. The more I told her this is our house and we live here, the more she got upset. She picked up the fireplace shovel and threatened to hit me over the head with it if I didn't stop lying to her. Dad, she could have killed you with a shovel. What if you had been napping in your chair? You wouldn't be able to defend yourself. I know. She held on to it all day and kept walking in and out of the living room and giving me nasty looks. I didn't know what to do, Peggy. I don't know what to do anymore. Recently, Mom started believing this wasn't her home. Dad would pull into the driveway after taking her to lunch or for a ride, and she would refuse to get out of the car. "'This isn't my house,' she would say defiantly. Dad would sit in the van trying to convince her. Finally, frustrated, he would go into the house waiting and watching her from the kitchen. Eventually, she would come shuffling in, calling him a bastard and telling him she hated him, before going to their bedroom and locking the door. She pulled me aside one evening and said, "'Peggy, I'm very worried.' The people who live here will be very upset we are living in their house. Mom, we live here. These are your clothes. These are your pictures. Look, here's your jewelry. Here's your rosary beads. But she just didn't get it. This is a strange house to her. Her dream house, the house she loved from the minute she stepped foot in it. The house she spent so much time decorating over the years. It is now as unfamiliar as the room she will be moving into at the memory care unit. I can't begin to imagine what it's like for her to be living in a strange house. If I woke up one day in a strange house, I would be filled with anxiety, anger, and sadness, too. It would be a nightmare that never ends. Where'd my mother go? She was just here, she said to me one night. Where did my brother go? He was just here a minute ago, she said another night. Where are the little girls? They were just here playing with me, she said to Dad one night. I wonder if Alzheimer's is making her delusional, or maybe they are here in spirit. I like believing that Nanny and Uncle Bubby are here with her. Their ghosts are easing her pain and confusion, paving the way for her to cross to the other side. I imagine them holding her hand, sitting with her in the living room, laying on the bed with her while she naps, whispering to her, You are going to be all right. We can do this together. I imagine the little children as angels paving her way. Or maybe she is just seeing us, her precious daughters, as children. Are we playing with our dolls? Are we baking in our Easy Bake Oven? Bringing her little cakes and pies, and my dressing up in my dance review costumes and putting on a show for her. Her mother, our Nanny, died over 20 years ago, but her brother just passed away a year and a half ago. Mom had already been diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and we were back here living in Baton Rouge when my dad received the call. Hammett Murphy, Her brother, or Bubby, as we called him, lived in Sweden and had a massive stroke. Ika, his wife, found him on the bedroom floor when she arrived home from work. The diagnosis was not good. Mom was in shock and sad. She told Dad she wanted to go see her brother. Dad scrambled to find airline tickets, and off they went to Sweden, even though we didn't think it would be a great idea to travel internationally with an Alzheimer's patient. But looking back, I'm grateful she was able to be by Bubby's side. He never regained consciousness. But Mom spoke to him, hugged him, and kissed him, held his hand, and loved him. His daughter Layla played YouTube videos of New Orleans rainfall— as he loved the rainstorms in his hometown. On that Friday, they pulled the plug, and my Uncle Bubby slipped away. I know my grandmother was there to bring him home to heaven. My nephew Miles flew in from Prague to be with my parents in Stockholm that weekend, and Bubby's other daughter, my cousin Siobhan, flew in from Boston. They were able to celebrate his life with a lovely dinner the night before my parents left, and my dad was able to tell them mom had alzheimer's when they arrived back in louisiana mom seemed sad for a few days but i think she forgot he had died by the next week i wonder if losing her only sibling made her alzheimer's accelerate can emotional pain drain your brain i feel like my brain is being taxed from the stress of watching my mother slip away I can't imagine losing a sibling with or without Alzheimer's. My respect for my dad for bringing mom across the world to sit by her brother's side as he slipped away is huge. My father would do anything for his family. This I know to be true at the deepest level. The thought of my dad being hurt by my mom with the fireplace shovel is more than I can bear. Losing mom to her Alzheimer's battle is unbearable. But to lose my father because of her Alzheimer's battle, from the stress or being hit by a shovel, shakes me to my core. I needed to tell my sisters about the shovel incident. Part of me wanted to keep it a secret as I knew this would be the last straw. I went to check on mom and found the master bedroom door is locked. I didn't have the energy to open it, so instead I walked upstairs to our room. I sat on the bed and texted my sisters about the shovel incident, hesitating to hit send as I knew I was going to pull the trigger on memory care. It's time, Peggy, I heard in my head. I pushed scent and then lay down on the bed and cried, I hate this freaking disease. Screw you, Alzheimer's. You are sucking the soul out of us. I pulled the trigger on my mom's memory care sentence, and within 24 hours, she is registered, the deposit is paid, and mom is stamped with an invisible due date. My beautiful and loving mother is signed, sealed, and ready to be delivered to a lockdown memory care unit at a local assisted living. I look at the calendar on my iPhone and count the days before we move Mom into memory care. Thirteen days, including two weekends. The countdown is on. I try to stay in the moment and concentrate on the task at hand, packing up her things. I look in Mom's closet on Saturday morning after Kelly picks her up to take her to lunch. For the last year, her closet has been my focus every time she is out of the house. I storm through her closets, bathroom cabinets, looking under the bed and furniture for soiled clothes. She is having accidents and hides her clothes. I follow my nose. I wash clothes, towels, clean bathrooms and closets, wipe everything with Lysol wipes. Mom no longer places the hangers on the closet rod. She hangs the clothes up on other clothing hangers facing outwards. The clothes get heavy and fall in heaps to the ground. Can you please organize her side of the closet? It's a real mess, Dad has said to me more than once. I did, Dad, but she messes it up a few days later. Mom has to look at her clothes this way. I think it's easier for her brain. You're right, he replies. I rotate her clothes to the front of the closet so she doesn't wear the same thing over and over, pulling out matching tops with pants, placing them together. Sometimes it works, but most of the time I find them thrown at the back of the closet. She wears the same outfit over and over, and it makes no sense. Life doesn't make much sense these days. I feel like I live in a crazy house, and I am as nuts as she is. I fight with her twice a week to take a shower. She says she's taken a shower, but there are no washcloths and no towels for proof. Plus, she's still in the same clothes as she was in the last two days, and she smells. Shower time is a nightmare. She fights me every minute. I'm practically standing in the shower stall with her and getting soaked in the process. Do you get your kicks out of this? She says to me as I get her to turn around and wash her backside. I know my mom changed my diapers, but this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I hand her a clean, soapy washcloth to wash herself because I cannot make myself violate her privacy face to face. She is furious with the process and continues to tell me so. I know she feels better once she is showered, and she definitely smells better. Don't you feel great, Mom? A nice hot shower always makes me feel better. <laughs> is all she says i am the bad guy here i'm trying to help her and it only makes her angry most of the time i walk out of the bathroom exhausted and angry i walk up the stairs and jimmy usually meets me with a big hug that sounded rough he says holding me tight while he lets me cry shannon calls me with my moving instructions Go to the mall, Peg, and buy her some pants and simple tops. She also needs nightgowns or pajamas as they have to change out of their clothes every night. <laughs> Good luck with that, I think. She hasn't worn nightgowns in years. I gave up the pajama fight a long time ago. It makes no sense to spend money on new clothes, so I make a trip to our favorite Goodwill. Memory Care recommends pull-up pants and shirts that can be easily Washed and folded. I fill a shopping cart with elastic waist pants in black, navy, khaki, and pink. I peruse racks of women's shirts and find colorful tops from some of her favorite designers. I find nightgowns and pajamas. Everything is three ninety nine. I walk out with two huge plastic bags, then drive to Walmart to buy large packs of underwear, bras, and toiletries. Will she realize these aren't her clothes? Will she like them? I'm sure she will like some of them, but it brings me little comfort. I feel like an imposter, setting in motion the grand plan. I wash, fold, and pack everything in secret suitcases upstairs in the guest bedroom late at night after she has gone to bed. Out of sight, out of mind. Not... The move-out suitcases are out of her sight, but not out of my mind, and it's a constant reminder of my limited time living with Mom. I feel guilty and ashamed that I'm doing this behind her back. This has to be the lowest of lows. I tell myself over and over again that it's for the best. She will be in a safe place with a staff trained to take care of her. It doesn't bring me any comfort. We have surrendered and admitted our life had become unmanageable. I feel no peace, just incredible sadness. It permeates my every thought. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't think. I can't cry. I feel numb. Give me a bowl of ice cream. Give me cookies and milk. I need a nightly sugar fix. I zip up the suitcase as my part of the plan is now done until next weekend. The dreaded move-in day will be next Sunday. I drag the suitcases down the stairs and roll them to the closet under the stairway, push them in and close the door. I try to think about all the positive things about placing Mom in a memory care facility. She will be in a safe place. They will monitor her meds. They will bathe her daily. They will keep her busy with fun activities. She won't be bored. She won't be angry at Dad. She won't walk out of the house unnoticed. The staff will be equipped to deal with her disease. Dad will be relieved. Dad won't have to fight with her on a daily basis. Dad won't be filled with stress and anxiety on an hourly basis. He won't have to walk on eggshells. He can take care of himself. He can work uninterrupted. He can have his life back. I realize his list also applies to me, but it doesn't bring me any peace. My stomach hurts. My heart aches. The positive list is long. The negative list is short. I'm losing my mom, and my dad is losing his wife. Period. Will our home still be a home without my mother? The nest of love and security she built has fallen apart one twig at a time. Our home will look the same, but it will be empty, as empty as the little peekaboo birdhouse that sits outside on the carport. It's time for Mom to fly away. My mom is leaving her nest And we will never be the same. Thank you for joining me for Life in the A-Zone. Look for new episodes each Wednesday. Please share, subscribe, like, comment and follow on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. To join my mailing list, go to lifeinthea-zone.com and check out my best-selling book. Meanwhile, back at Cafe Dumont, life stories about food at Amazon and Barnes & Noble.